Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. My name is Sean Phelan and over the coming weeks I'll be hosting panels on the big issues that surround grassroots rugby, featuring players, coaches and volunteers who make the games happen. We record these on Facebook Live every Thursday evening at facebook.com slash fybrugby, so come and get involved in the discussions. This is our third episode and it features a great discussion on the growth of the women's game at grassroots level. Let's get the show started. So we have uh, Hez Bolton uh, from Windsor Dames. We have uh, Natalie Eccles from uh, Crusaders RFC. And we have Joe Marley from Winlands and Vixens. How are we, ladies? How are we all good? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. You're welcome. Yeah, it's great. good to be on again. It's going to be fun. Yay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So uh, if you have done or you have any comments, please put them in the comments thing uh, and we'll answer as many as we can over the sort of the next 45 minutes uh, and we'll have a great chat and you know, anything you want to raise, just pop it in there and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Uh, first things first, uh, we'll start with Hez, but how was your season before, before lockdown started? Well, interesting season, Sean. Um, we were struggling with numbers. So literally, I play for Windsor Dames based in Windsor in Berkshire. So uh, we've done really well from being a development side nine years ago. I've been with the team for that length of time. Um, and then we've made it up through a couple of divisions and become national champions a couple of times. Um but last season was a bit of a struggle, I have to say. We, I think the, de- the determination of having a fantastic squad and a coach absolutely helped everybody drive through the season. We had a lot of games cancelled, postponed for various reasons from both sides. Um, we lost a few players the season before, which had an impact on last season. Um, but we kept strong, we kept positive. Um, we fought to the end. Um, the last game that we had was a very good game in the rain, as always. Uh, lovely British weather. Um, and we are, we've, we've put a lot of good positive strategies in ready for the next season ahead. So fingers crossed it's going to be um, more successful. Oh, yeah, hope so. Hope so. Natalie, <laughs> how were Crusaders getting on this year? Uh, fantastic our women's team is still growing um so we've ended up with 33 active members that are playing um we actually started to get into because it was only our second season last season we actually started winning which is lovely the last game we had was sunday before all the rugby stopped and it was an amazing game against the suffolk saxons so tight we were able to put in everything we'd put in all the hard work and it was just even though we lost it was such a great game so it, it's exciting to be able to sort of do the rugby again and hopefully soon play some games. Yeah, hopefully it won't be too long. Hopefully it <laughs> won't be too long at all. And Joe, uh, how uh, did Winland and Vixens get on this year? 
So we had a really good um, season. It was our first full season as a team. We've only been together about 18 months. Um, so, yeah, it was an incredible first season. We were in sort of a development league and we won our league. Um, we had just game to game, could see development each time we played and, and kind of the team have just been absolutely phenomenal. Like the, the commitment and dedication and training to like to improve um, just shows um, from the performance that we had in the like throughout the season. Um, it was just a really, really good, really, really good season overall. That's great. That's great to hear. Uh, and hopefully it will continue once we can all get back to some sort of yeah, rugby, uh, whenever that will be. Um, so uh, if you've seen these before, the discussions aren't very structured. Um, but if uh, you have anything you want to raise, pop it in the comments and we will we will uh, have a chat about them. Uh, and hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll... We'll have a chat. Uh, so, first, uh, although first things uh, first, the, the growth of the women's game has been sort of well documented over the last few years. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts on why uh, and how? Um, why sort of why this has occurred? Why why now and why not a few years ago? Um, what, uh, there's this big women's sport at the moment, but is is that purely the factor? I think it's. Um, I think probably the coverage and success of the of the national women's team has boosted boosted it quite a bit. I'd say, um, the fact that you can actually watch women's rugby games now on TV, where when I was younger that was never something that was available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely definitely helped. It's probably opened a lot more, opened up a lot more people to it that wouldn't nec- wouldn't necessarily be aware of, the, of aware of it. I would say. Agree. Definitely. I think there's also been. Oh, sorry, that. That's all right. There's been a lot more investment into the women's team as well. You know, you start a team, you've got all this support behind you now to, to push you forward. And clubs are all for the women's team as well. And they're making it very friendly for the females to go and play rugby. It's no longer an old boys club. It is one for the whole family. It's one for the whole teams. And that's why you're getting a lot more people. I wish personally that I'd found out about it 10, 20 years ago about playing rugby as a woman. You know, I only found out about it three years ago when I had the opportunity with my son. You know, that he plays for the same club I do. They set up a women's team. That's why I said yes. And that's half the reason why a lot of women on my team do play rugby. So I think there has been a lot more. There's been a whole change from 10 years ago, even five years ago, with the women's game and how well it is projected across the nation. Definitely. Yeah, totally agree with you on that one. And I think having a lot more coverage on social media about ladies' teams has helped. Um, You know, I go to a lot of premiership games and obviously it's all the men's, but it's nice to see that, for instance, my club is supporting the under-18s, which are known as the girls, the Windsor Damsels, which are the the under-18s, the the forthcoming to replace us, which are the dames, the plus 18-year-olds. And I just think the success of the Red Roses has really accelerated ladies or girls to get into rugby and get into ladies' sports. Um, I'm definitely an advocate of any lady sport, so it doesn't have to just be rugby. Um, and I think it's our time to shine. And we, we, we've, we've had a lot of struggle over the years. But now I think clubs and um, the RFU, et cetera, are beginning to realise that actually, you know, we're, we're a powerful side. You know, the ladies are producing some excellent players um, and it's a great sport to play. So why not? Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. I think as well as maybe it's like um, 
a bit of a stigma around women playing rugby. Not stigma might be a bit strong of a word, but there's a lot of stereotyping with women that yeah. play rugby. And I think that's probably becoming a little bit less now than what it was, especially like when I was younger. Um, it was very much a stereotype of a woman that played rugby, where now it's just the diversity is just phenomenal. Like it's it's not a game for just one type of person. There's a game. There's a place for everybody on the team. You don't have to be super fit. You don't have to be super strong. It's like there's there's a, a position for anyone, and I think that's probably one of the really good things about the game and what draws a lot of people in as well. 100%. I totally agree with you of that one. You can be fit, not fit, any shape or size, you know, any culture, any background, anything goes basically with rugby. And that's the good thing about, you know, anybody's accepted, um, different positions for, for, for everybody. Um, and sometimes you may find the position that you started off with may not be what you want to do and you can move into another one. So it gives you the opportunity to, to grow. Um, and lastly, a bit from me is that rugby has become like my second family. Oh, yeah, I, I moved sure. down to Windsor not knowing anyone about nine years ago and then suddenly now because my family is all over the UK I've now got this group of girls obviously some have gone and we've got new other we've got new players that have come in but the coaches and the mentors and the management team and everybody so the kids the other the men's teams we're all one we're at Windsor we always call ourselves one team because we're not just different mm -hmm. teams, we're all one unit. And I think for anybody that wants to make friends, wants to do something that is sporty, keeps them fit, integrate with the community, go for it. Rugby is the way forward. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I also, on the back of that, rugby, as sorry, as a woman, you, you're told to, it's almost that stereotype as a woman. You're meant to be nice, you're meant to be calm, you're meant to be lovely. And sometimes you just need to kick the tackle bag. <laughs> Yeah. and throw it to the floor and scream. And rugby's the only place you can do that. That's what I keep saying to a lot of my colleagues. You know, you're frustrated, you've got kids, you've got your partner, you're cooking, you're cleaning, everything like that. An hour and a half on a rugby pitch, you're so knackered, you actually don't give a, a damn about anything. You know, somebody can have an awful day the day after rugby training, you don't care. You know, you, you've had a great night, you're bruised, you're battered, and it's fine. And you've let off some steam as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's it's definitely been the best thing we've all done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how much of the rise do you think is down to something like the Inner Warrior series? I would say it's definitely helped. I think it's um, it's just a bit of publicity. It's just an, another another avenue to get the women's game out there and get people involved, I think. Um, at, like the kind Have of grassroots has your clubs benefited from from those, uh, they call them camps? Have they benefited from them? We actually don't run them at Crusaders as a women's team. We we run, so we do an on-rolling, sort of an ongoing recruitment thing. So anyone new sort of almost gets looked after by the older, more experienced players. So we sit and talk through it. Um, we had our first ever session two years ago, wasn't in the Warriors session. Um, actually, the first two, and they were run by the um, representative for Norfolk, the community coach. And that was great. But once we've settled as a team, because we're still trying to learn, we're still moving forward, we're still moving up, we've, we've kept it almost like ongoing. Come down any night. Come down and try it. You know, there's going to be someone to talk you through it. And our coach is very good. We'll step them out of the more serious stuff and say, look, this is how they're doing it. Watch it. See what you think of it. 
do you want to have a go? Obviously, we're someone who's going to be safe with you. So we don't actually use in a warrior um, much. So I can't comment whether it's successful. It's great recruitment. I know a lot of clubs that do use it and have a lot of success. But for us, we don't we don't use it as much as we probably should do. And for us, we've done Inner Warrior camps a couple of years ago now, but we changed the strategy a bit. I think it's a really, really good idea, but I guess it depends on a club fit. Each club is very, very different. Um, so last year, I uh, reinvented the wheel and we did some boot camps, some fitness boot camps before pre-season. So it was a good way to get girls that weren't maybe wanting to be in the aggressive tackle mode of rugby. And I've never thrown a ball before. I don't want to get injured because I'm tackling someone. But in the same time, they can do some intensive 30, 45 minute fitness with a PT that we've got a range of different PTs per week, personal trainers. Um, and some of the people that we invited, so just did a Facebook event, um, stayed on. And obviously some people just purely wanted to spend the summer of, of six weeks free of charge. Um, and it was just a good way to integrate integrate them into the community and to publicise Windsor and, you know, give us a good name, really. And people really enjoyed it. So just a fresh idea, really. So with that, then, is there, you, you all say that you did them a while ago. Is there um, now... Uh, a thought that it's probably uh, it's run its course and there needs to be some sort of new marketing strategy um, to to you know, bring in you know, a different different audience. I think and I, and I say this I say this with a marketing head on. <laughs> I say this with, sorry I say this with a marketing head on. Uh, you know, if you if you use the same the same uh, branding and the same um, messages for years on years, that uh, the audience you're going after becomes saturated and you need to, you know, you know as has said, reinvent the wheel slightly and come out with something a bit fresher and a bit new. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're using the same kind of, the same imagery, the same, like you say, the same brand and things, it, it kind of lessens the impact of it, I suppose. Um, so maybe it's like, a slightly different turn on it maybe it's to I mean I don't know what that would be but just to freshen it up and um, just to keep it kind of dynamic and keep it something that that's kind of always something new do you know what I mean I think that would probably help yeah, I totally agree with you there, Joe. I think, yeah, it's a great idea from when it first started, but having uh, something a little bit fresher is better. We've had um, an ex-England uh, Rose that has come to one of our training sessions, which suddenly then everybody wanted to come to training when they found out that she was coming to training with us. But it was great for uh, the, the local local photographer and our club photographer to take pictures, to promote the training session and get it in the social media, in the papers. Um, I think that's a great idea for any club. If you've got any contacts um, or want to reach out to people, go for it. Yeah, It's definitely a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think it, it's... In a warrior does work to an extent. If you're launching, it's fantastic. But I think for a, a club that's established, you need to look at uh, different ways. As you said the boot camp's a fantastic idea. Yeah, 
Definitely. The thing is, if you give um, the, the notice in, you know, you plan it way in advance, then you're going to get the attendance. At one point, I remember turning around and there was like 30 girls there, a mix of the dames and then a mix of like new people. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I literally was like, in, we were inundated with people just because they wanted to keep fit, maybe learn a little bit about rugby. Yes, it's something that we would have done this year, but obviously with, with regards to how COVID has been, we've, we've, we've had to park it, but maybe it's something that we can look at doing next year and maybe putting a couple of tweaks on it and improving it. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Like you say, it gets the community involved and maybe it's opens the door to somebody that wouldn't otherwise have come to the club as well. Exactly. Really, really good yeah. yeah. So, so Laken them up here do something similar, sorry, it sprung to mind. They do a summer of fun, so you go out and do other activities apart from rugby. So you have PT sessions, you do dancing, they do yoga, they go all over Nor Norwich and Norfolk, and they just do a variety of sessions. They sometimes recruit from it. They just have a great time. It's always fun. Um, it's a course sort of fee, so you, you pay X amount for six weeks, and they just book in all sorts of things. That's always a great idea, I think, you know, to, because you do get – from rugby, you get a lot of crossover from things like football. We recruit from football players because they like rolling around on the ground and women football players tend to be a bit more tough, to be honest. Yeah. You know, and they love the transition to rugby because now you can hit them, tackle them, sorry, not hit them. <laughs> but it, it's like that. <laughs> but it is, it, it's, you can easily transition people through sports and it works two ways. You know, we might have people who play rugby that say, actually, we fancy a bit of football as well. Mm. So we'll send them that direction. It works. Mm. It does work. Definitely. Agree. Yeah, yeah. there definitely needs to be something some, something different, something fresh, and, and hopefully it will bring new people into the game, which is ideally what we need. Uh, we need to do that to survive. Uh, this might be quite a controversial question, but are there too many women's teams starting up? So I can see why people will be questioning that because obviously you're only going to have a player pool of so many people in an area. But the other side of that is if you can get some teams established, it's going to mean that you can have a more regional approach. You're not going to have to travel as far, which probably wouldn't like a lot of travel would probably put a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can, if you can manage it well enough that you've got kind of a good regional spread of teams, um, it's going to make the game probably a lot more accessible to people that, don't want to travel or they can't for varying reasons mm. no i agree with that one joe in berkshire we've got a lot of teams and actually we're quite fortunate that we haven't got too far to travel between each team but those teams are we're all in different leagues um and i remember when i started playing rugby for the first time i was over in reading and we were a development team and then i moved over to windsor and we were a development team and my former team is is leagues above us now and we're a, you know a couple of leagues below I'm totally fine with that you know like it doesn't really matter as long as I've said to the team as long as I'm playing rugby and I'm with a good group of friends as in you know teammates uh, players on the field coaches I've got my family with me I'm happy because I don't get paid for rugby I get out of bed on a Sunday morning whatever state I'm in go and knock six bells out of everyone on a pitch, have some fun in all different ki kinds of weather, and I'm there. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at Nor uh, Norwich itself, we've got five teams with us. Two of the teams, you've got UEA and you've got Norwich Medics. 
they are exclusive teams to the university and they're there for the, the medical professionals. Then you've got three separate teams, all in different leagues, but we're all talking to each other. You know, if someone wants to play more socially, they come over to us. If someone wants something more serious, we move them, you know, which one would be better for you? And I think it does work to an extent. I can see if we had one more, it would become saturated. There'd be a lot of competition for recruitment and that that can be difficult. You know, it, it's it's the same it's the same question as is there too many rugby clubs in one area if you took a 10 mile radius from where i live you've probably got about eight nine different clubs you know and you 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 then start looking at it where actually they're all rather successful and i think the way women's rugby is growing potentially having the same radius you could have eight nine women's team and start running a really good competition. Mm -hmm. In Norfolk, there's not many women's teams, and it is, they're becoming more and more frequent because there is a want for them. But I think you you will get to a point where it is saturated. You will have to look at, you know, what's going to work for each club, and is it worth amalgamating, you know, and having one giant club of, say, Dis and Crusaders and just having a fantastic team on many levels. Yeah. You know, I think it's... At the time, no, I don't think we're saturated. I think it's great having more teams. I'm all for it and I'm all for supporting them. But I think at a point we will become saturated mm. if we don't look after it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like too many teams and not enough players kind of situation. I agree with you. And, yeah. and girls, a question from my end. Do you just have, like, for instance, the Dames, we've just got a first team. We don't have a second team where maybe they're not as advanced and experienced as us. Is that the same with, with you guys as well? Yeah, definitely the same with us. Um, we've, we, because we were a relatively new team still, um, a lot of our team came never having played rugby before. So we do have a lot of an experience on our team. Um so yeah, we've we've only kind of got the one team, but obviously everybody gets game time. Everybody kind of cycles in and out of of, of it, like availability. Obviously impacts that as well. So mm. while we might have a squad of like thirty players, we might only have sort of eighteen, nineteen, twenty available on a game day mm -hmm. because of childcare, work, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, at the moment we don't have enough for a second team, but we can dream. <laughs> yeah, we all can. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I mean, and. It the same situation as Joe. We're probably about four months ahead of Joe's team. Um, you know, second full season just done. And we do have a regular squad of about 19. The dream is two teams. When you mention it to the coach, you can see his eyes twinkling. It's great. It's like yeah, two teams would be great. And that'll be the ideal thing because we've got a lot of under 18s coming up who are way more competitive than us, way more faster, way fitter than us you know, that will run circles around me and push just as hard. And you think, well, you're wasted in this league. But then the fallback for us is, you know, we might not be good enough for you. Have you thought about going over to Lakenham? And Lakenham will always recommend us, you know, and it is that transference. I think you get a lot of that with, with women's team anyway. You know, you might have the quiet words, you know, are we competitive enough for you? Do you want more competition or are you happy? You know, and I think us women, we talk enough that, you know, if you needed to, you could scrounge two teams from local teams yeah. if you wanted yeah. to. Definitely. And that's a good example of how our last game happened when I think we were down to, well, we only had 12 or 13 players for a 15s game and no subs. And the opposition, we got on with so well. We've played and known them for years. Again, another Berkshire team. 
um, were quite happy to swap some of their players. So they wore some of the more Dame shirts. We wore some of their shirts. And I tell you what, it was probably with the camaraderie and the sports womanship, should I say, was one of the best matches that I've played for a long time, purely because it was just so much fun. Nobody really cared if we won or lost. Um, we still put every ounce of, you know, fitness into it. But it just proved that I think with the ladies rugby and ladies sports, um, we were all close. We all gel together and we all come together when the chips are down. And I think that's very different probably to maybe how the men's teams work. But um, I've noticed that certainly in the area that I live in is that when you are needing support, um, people come together. Yeah, we've had games the same where kind of one one team or the other has kind of been a sort of player or two down. So other players, have, like players from the other team, have just swapped shirts and, and jumped on board, you know. And it's it's great. It is really yeah. great because it, it makes the games happen. And that's what the, that, I suppose that's the important thing is getting the games happen because if without games, there's no point in having the team. True. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we often, there's a take that will go round all the sort of the, the um, contacts for each team and it'll be like anyone fancy a game, you know, we kind of need anyone and everyone sort of learns multiple positions. I think as a woman, you do it more so because you just want to play the sport. You know, it, it, as long as I'm not playing a back, I'm fine. You know, it, it's stick me wherever I'm pitch, you know, I'll go yeah. and wear someone else's shirt. It, it doesn't bother me. You know, all you want to do is play the sport and it, it, it's lovely. Um, on the, on the back of this, have any of you trained with other teams? Do you do training sessions or that? Um, to give you a bit of context, we do we did a training session with um, Lakenham, which is down the road. And it was, so we learned about the attack and we learned about they're allowed to play a bias game. So we, we, um, we got to play, you know, a constant attack, just trying all the different strategies you taught, putting it all into practice, trying your position, seeing what works. Then we had a constant defence and then we played a game. And actually, we took a lot away from that. So I'm wondering if anyone has done anything similar that's worked for them. So we haven't really had many, like any sort of mixed training sessions. And um, we've done a couple of kind of RFU events where it's kind of been a, a bit of a different training session, focused on kind of different skills and things that wouldn't compare to what we'd normally look at. Um but it's it is always good getting a perspective of another of another team for sure. It's um because it, it can sometimes just shine a light on on an area that you maybe need to work on that little bit more yourselves in training and things. Same way as a game can. Um, it's a really good really good idea, definitely. No, I totally agree with you on on that, Nat and Joe. We unfortunately haven't had too many training sessions with other teams. Back in the day, we did do a lot of sessions with the guys. Um, and I think also linked to that, we are now going to be going back to when things get better, touch wood, to two training sessions a week. I don't know what you guys do, but we were only, as of God, so many seasons just doing Wednesday night training. But we're now going to be doing Monday, Wednesdays when things get better. But as of next week, it's going to be Wednesday. Um, I think it's really important just to get an outsider's view of where you're at. Um, and we've got a new coach joining us this coming season who is part of the men's first team. And he, bless him, comes and watches us most Sundays when we're at home. So he's forever sending me messages going, oh, Hez, you could do this, you could do that. And do you know what? I don't, I take it on the back, I take it on the chin. I don't find it a criticism. I find it a positive because if it's something that I can improve and do better at, 
happy days, you know, because no one's perfect. We're, we're all learning all the time. Um, and if it's going to help you in the long run to become a better and more skilled player, then um, then go for it. Yeah, definitely. It's, I'll be honest, after a game, it's the first thing I do when I'm walking home from the club is I'll just chew my partner's ear off. Like, what went well? What didn't go well? What can I do better? This is honestly, I do eat yeah. in. I have his head battered by the time I've got by the time I've got home. Oh, bless. So, yeah, like so, say, my, partner, my partner doesn't do rugby at all. So, sorry. <laughs> my partner doesn't do rugby, so it's my child that I constantly, you know, chat oh, about and, oh. and bounce ideas off. And you know, my partner's like, "Oh my god, just stop." <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That being said, he's not missed a game yet. Oh, wow. Loving for it. How old is he, Nat? No, I know. Uh, partner or child? The child. <laughs> 16. Well, 16 in September. Okay. So he's at every game, and so is my partner. He watches. They both watch every game, which is great. You've got your, you've got your cheerleaders there on the sideline. <laughs> Fantastic. Linesman. <laughs> yeah. You can do something useful for 80 minutes. That's, that's my favorite. Oh, don't he, he caught me out with my son. It, it, it was one of those times where he looked at him and I was like, You're so grounded. So, so grounded. Brilliant. I watched Martin, but he called me out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Is there anything that uh, clubs can do to sort of welcome more women into the game? I think clubs in general are becoming a lot more, as I think, as we are saying earlier on, kind of it's less kind of the old boys club. It's generally a lot more inclusive. Um, I think in terms of kind of growing the women's game and kind of bringing more people into clubs, so I think there could be a lot more done in schools. I know when I was at school, I was never allowed to play rugby. It was a boys game, mm. even though I played yeah. it outside of school. Um, and I actually played outside of school with two boys that I was in school with. So that was always a bit weird. Um, but yeah, I think doing more with schools and even like maybe kind of clubs linking in with local schools to try and build up like a like a young, like like the under 18 section maybe um, would probably really help to, to bring more people to clubs and, and grow the women's game that little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, totally agree with you there, Joe. Um, we don't really have a transition here with girls. Um, obviously, on the 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 under eighteen side, they've literally started rugby because maybe their brother plays for one of the teams at Windsor, or they've 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 enjoyed watching you know England ladies play or or some of the Premiership ladies play. Um, the boys probably got it a little bit better because we have a certain school here in Windsor where the boys actually play rugby, and then if they do well, they can come and play for you know the. The, the, the Windsor boys team um, I definitely you know they're the next generations of of potential ladies rugby players so um, I know for instance my club we are heavily promoting getting those under 18 girls playing and I tell you what it's lovely to see when you rock up on a Wednesday before our training session that those girls are loving every minute of it um, and then we I think we're fortunate that we're getting one or two of those girls moving up into our team this season so it's good to see the transition, but I still think that education for sports under 18s is, is definitely needed. I think I, I think it's it's very much um, not really 
advertised. It's not done within schools or even colleges. I know yeah. universities obviously do the degrees in sports, but I think there needs to be more emphasis on getting those girls um, transit, transit, transitioned over. Yeah, for sure. I think giving the girls the opportunity to play rugby is a great idea. It's something that I'm looking to start with my workplace is actually a rugby team with for the girls because you 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 get girls that need that outlet. I'm not being funny. And rugby is one of the only true sports. I never did PE in school. I've always been like this big. And it's always makes you self-conscious. Rugby is one of those great levelers. You know, you you can be, as we've said, any size, any shape, any fitness, any strength. You walk on a rugby pitch, you're part of a team. Yeah. And I think it, it's a great confidence boost. We're lucky our, our club has a very strong girls section. But between the under-13s and what will be the under-15s, we've got 30 girls. We've yeah. just transitioned. We'll, in yeah. November, we'll transition our last under-18 into our team. And it's fantastic. You know, we've still got girls coming through the minis section upwards as well and taking up more of the sport. It's becoming more prevalent across our club. And our club's been, back to the original question, fantastic and supportive. The, the only things that clubs can do is actually, if you're going to tie into a contract with kit, look at the sizes of your kits. You know, mm. a lot of kit producers don't actually cater for women of a larger size, of a larger mm. bust. You may have a huge bust and you'll need a shirt size up, but they don't do it because it only goes up to a size 14 or 16. Not everyone's that size when they play rugby. You need sometimes a larger shirt. You know, if the women choose to wear more supportive gear across the shoulders, mm. they're going to need a shirt size up. So you've got to, if a club's going to have a women's team, they've got to look at it more as everything that you have there. You know, the, the women at our club, we've taken on the girls' loo. We've got plans for, you know, sanitary products to be available for the girls. The open mm. conversation that, you know, if yeah. you need something, come find the women's team. You know, we're always going to have the stuff. And it, I think club supporting that is fantastic. Our chairman, um, he he messages me, if I come up with a crazy idea, it's how can I help you? What do you need help with? And he, he's great. It's very supportive. And the committee are fully behind the women's team. The yeah. only thing, <laughs> when you do get a new women's team, and I don't know if you had the same problem, Joe. the first social, the first five minutes was like the school disco. Oh, boys like one boys side, side, girls yeah. the other. And then it was like, oh, we still get that now. <laughs> How'd you do this? <laughs> boys in one area, girls in the other. It's like you don't want to speak to each other. I know it's social distancing yeah. right now, but seriously. <laughs> I think we were quite lucky in that. But then you'll get like the three or four. What were we going to say? Sorry, go ahead. Matt. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> No, no, you go. We, you we go. get three or four. I'm one of the social people. I'll go chat to anyone. Yeah, and it, it, it's you get that crossover sort of. I know him. I'm going to go to him. You know, bite the bullets. Just go for it. Yeah, life's too short. I think on, on that point, yeah. I think we were quite lucky that one one of our first sort of club socials with our team was the um, presentation evening. So it was kind of a, yeah. a situation where everyone kind of had to like interact and stuff. But I think generally speaking, like our club's been pretty. Like my club's been pretty welcoming to have the women's team pretty supportive and and kind of it's just gone from strength to strength and obviously we wouldn't have been able to do that without kind of the support of the club you know so yeah it's been good definitely agree and i think socials on that aspect are a massive part of the club i think it's great you know we're trying to get one organized 
soon pending everything with our ladies team um, just to get some of the newbies that we've recruited on board so that they're feeling part of a team and also we want to feel part of a team we haven't seen each other for like four or five months so I think it's all about having that connection and that human interaction um, and also eventually when things get better we're going to do a big you know gathering at the club or wherever with all the men's teams as well or you know maybe the, the little boys teams just so that everybody can unite and be back together again because I think it's fundamental that as part of you know you're playing a, a serious sport you're you've also got to have a bit of a laugh and let your hair down and, and get to meet people on a, on a sociable aspect as well and I guess that's my club is quite good for doing social stuff I just think there's always you know it'd be nice to have a little bit more of it sometimes but pending what's going on with the yeah. world at the moment yeah yes you brought up a good point there you know, about people uh new joining you without without having done anything have you had any indication from players that may not come back post-covid yeah no because we, of because of what's going on nothing to do with covid but i think we we've we've definitely changed our strategy as a team from what happened we've, we've had lessons learned um and there's a collective few of us not the whole team every wednesday we, we've been doing a zoom chat every single week to talk about the strategy of the team the ladies team and what we can do going forwards and that's a mix of things like social media recruitment we've 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 you know we've been training we've been doing zoom training with some ex uh, england ladies or current england ladies to promote our social media which has really worked because people are coming to us going you know we we didn't know about you but we do now um and you know we've we've been doing sponsorship challenges and stuff like that but i just think that um the players that we've lost you know they they're, they're individuals they're adults they they they've gone for their own accord their own reason whether it's another team or job or money or whatever um and it's not the end of the world we know that we had a bit of a lapse last season but i think this season going forwards with 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 putting some strategies into place with ourselves and the coaches we're determined more than ever to increase those um potential numbers um and not have to worry that you know, we've only got 15 for a game and no subs or a lot of the games last season, we would literally have 13 to 14 players. We had a lot of injuries last season, including myself for the first time ever. Um, you just, you've got to take the the negatives and turn them around into a positive. So that's, that's what we're doing going forwards. Yeah, definitely. I think I we've know a great quite... website if you've got 13 or 14 players. <laughs> <laughs> Touch word we won't go going forward now. <laughs> I think we've been quite Sorry, lucky. We it's all right. Um, we've been quite lucky because I think I don't know that we've lost anyone really from like sort of preseason. I think everyone's been really keen to get back into it, really keen to get back on the pitch and playing the game again, which is is great. Um, it's it's kind of one less thing off the list of things to sort out, I suppose, when we come back, you know. But um, obviously, like I said, we're kind of constantly doing things on Facebook trying to get the word out around the team stuff like that just to try and grow the numbers and bring bring more people in where we can so yeah been quite lucky i think for us we we have a you do have a natural turnover sorry no go on Natalie. people do do um i'm sorry people do move away and and life does change you know things come up that you don't expect but we always make it clear that if you leave us, 
the door is always welcome come back you know we're going to make sure the bar's open you know if you come back it's going to be a good celebration and we're always keeping in touch I think all you can do if you I think it is going to delay some of the people coming back I think people are are very wary and there are jobs that have changed you know you've changed your shift especially if you're in a nursing sector you're you're doing different shifts you're taking on extra work so I don't think clubs are going to lose as much I think they're going to gain more we've certainly had quite a few inquiries because people have been doing fitness Mm -hmm. and then actually looking into it I want to give rugby a go so we've had a few emails inquiring about that you know and it's I think there's it's it's split almost between what you will lose I think you will also gain as well especially as everyone seems to be very fitness conscious at the moment yeah Mm. I agree with you there now yeah definitely yeah definitely hopefully the game will be everyone be it to get back and playing and (laughs) uh socializing very soon um yeah, won't be long. Uh, when do you think we'll be starting playing? <laughs> the million dollar question. I mean, <laughs> I'd like January. Week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I think every club is taking its precaution and hats off to them because nobody, we're all, we're all following the, you know, the stringent guidelines um, of, of what's going on at the moment. And, you know, as much as, like I've just said, I would love to be playing ASAP. I'm itching to get back in those boots and get back to playing a proper 80-minute game with tackling and everything else. I don't, I can't see it going to be happening this year. Um, I've got a couple of friends that work in the hospitals and, and nurses, etc. They're potentially saying next year for a start for rugby. Again, it's very light, like this whole COVID thing. It's very unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next, one week to the next. I think as long as teams, clubs, players, supporters are all in the same boat and know what's expected of them and stick within the guidelines, I think we just kind of have to go with the flow and just know that it's not going to be a normal season. Hence, you know, pre-season, we'll be halfway through it now. Sevens, I play sevens as well for another team we'd be playing lots of sevens matches now, but we're not. So I think we've just got to try and keep going, (laughs) go with the flow, go with what our coaches say and what the RFU say, because they're the ones that we've got to adhere to and the government as well. Um, And um, hope for the best, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I would would say probably looking at next year, early next year, I'd say if I get games back on. Just to, it, it, even just to like err on the side mm. of caution more than anything else, just to make yeah. sure that there's nothing's gonna start a season and have to stop it again, you know. Agree, Joe. Yeah. And I think all we can do when it right. comes to the beginning of the season is look at sorry, squeeze as many games as oh, we can, which would be the ideal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> sorry, I was saying. <laughs> we're, we're planning a lot of three-way games so that we found that it worked for us two teams we invite up and we just cater for the whole day and it's great it's good fun three games two games you play and one you watch it's a fantastic way to tick people off your list for playing definitely good idea yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. we've had our first question in right at the end we've had our first question in 
So if, if, uh, if you're happy to stay for another five minutes, we'll, we'll get it. Yeah, uh, this is from Aiden. The best advice. What is the best advice you would give to other women's teams just starting up? What have your teams learned that you wish you knew at the start to help them build? That's a great question. Very good question, Aiden. Um, mm. Let me just think. I think the best advice for starting teams up, I think it's all about, you know, everybody is going to be at different levels. So, you know, you're just, you're just starting a women's team up. I mean, we started as a development team where we had a mix of some people that have played rugby before, some people that haven't. I think if you, uh, you've got some good coaches and you've got a good rugby environment to be in, um, you know, it's all about, again, we're going to touch upon it, the recruitment thing. You've got to get a number, a certain number of girls involved in the club. Um, and then what has your team learned that you wish that you knew you'd start? <laughs> I think it's just about, for my team, it's all about like retention. It's all about, you know, like you want to try and keep your players for as long as possible. I'm, a, I'm one that has stayed and never has gone. I was going to retire at the end of last season. And then with COVID happening, I kind of took a, a positive turn and said, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking with the team. So, um, yeah, that's that from my side. <laughs> I think in terms of, like, like you say, when we started, we had, I think there was seven people started on our first training session and I was the only one that had ever played rugby before. Um, and I think the basics are never, never something to move away from. So we've, we've kind of had a, fairly consistent stream of new people that have never played joining at regular intervals so we've kind of found ourselves having to go back and explain the rules and go over the basics and, and revisit them quite regularly and I think it's I, I would imagine especially if you've got more experience it's quite easy to get quite frustrated by that so I think patience is probably a really good thing to have especially when you've just started a new team and if you're that bit more experienced but I think for a new team any players joining a new team that are that little bit less experienced use the players that have the knowledge to to gain and learn from um because i think that definitely i think that's definitely kind of helped yeah. having someone that like when when my coach went and started did his own training so like we our coach played for the first team as well so when he went and did his first training in those first few sessions i kind of stayed back and and went through handling drills and stuff with the girls just to kind of for the people that wanted to stay back and, and do them it was like a bit of a bit of knowledge there that that they could kind of draw on yeah. um so I think, yeah, kind of having patience, but also using your resources, I think it's really good for kind of building and growing a team for sure. Great. We were quite lucky at Cruise. We recruited through things like our rugby thick through the summer. We had um, fan rugby and because we've got such a large youth section, a lot of the recruitment came through mums and through friends. The, the, the greatest piece of advice I can give, make sure your social media is really strong. And listen to the women's team. It's very important because we're going to tell you how fast we want to progress. A lot of teams will take six months to get to tackling. We took six weeks because wow. it got to the fifth week. The coach looked at us and he was a great fit. And he says, what the hell do you want to do? And it's like tackling. We don't care about anything else we want to tackle now. We've skirted around it. Let's get it done. And people were really eager for it. We all bought gum shields the second week. You know, we were out buying boots because we wanted to do it. So I think the most important lesson is is listen to your women and allow them have some kind of say in how the team is run. Don't dictate to them how it's going to work because it won't work at all. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. but the greatest, my strong social media and listen to the team, most importantly. 
definitely. I, agree. I, think, I, I think social media is like so important because that's yeah. like where most people get their information from mm -hmm. these days. Like everyone's on social media of one form or another and there's so yeah. many different platforms. I think it's kind of silly to not utilize those platforms where you can, especially when you're trying to start a new team. Mm -hmm. It's so important to get the message spread as, as kind of as far and as fast as you can to get the buy-in because if you don't have the players, you don't have a team at the end of the day. Agree. Yeah, definitely. 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 Uh, and try uh, yeah, and try and be a bit different. Um try and do things slightly differently than, than other than you've seen with other clubs because yeah. that's what will make everybody unique is is just be slightly different. Whether that is your social media approach or, or your your general club approach. Just be different. Uh, and people people are attracted to different mm -hmm. things. So be different. Uh, and you know, you might find that, that is the you might find the right audience for what you're looking for. Exactly. And Facebook ads. Use Facebook ads. Spend, spend some money. Yes. Spend some money on Facebook ads. Go and get someone that can actually put uh, a targeted ad in the right areas um, to the right people. Uh, mm. And you should, you, know, you should be fine. You should, you know, you'll, you'll find more people than, than possibly that you would have done just by posting on social media. That's for sure. Yeah. That's my two cents, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, we uh, thanks for that, Aiden. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, it's been a discussion. I've really, really, really enjoyed listening. Um, <laughs> and uh, you guys have been great. And. <laughs> Huge thanks again to the panel, Hez Bolden, Joe Marley and Natalie Eccles for joining me. Don't forget to join us every Thursday on facebook.com slash fybrugby. And for all of the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. 